Come to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Having a disability, whether blindness or another, can be difficult too. Sometimes a person wonders if God is even there. Yeah, but in room 4216... God shows us his path and we find... We are not alone. Cecilia. Hello. I didn't really realize you whistled. And oh. it's a happy whistle. You must be happy. Oh, I am. It's a happy, beautiful happy, day. Happy, happy, happy. Uh, even though it's raining out at the moment at least. Uh, Believe it or not, mm-hmm. the polo shirt I'm wearing today, uh-huh. it is a shirt with a little emblem on the left chest, and it is from that movie. Really? Yeah. Aww. Yeah, and, and the, the emblem says grumpy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that uh, suits you. Um, but you're happy. Oh, dear. Can you name the other dwarves? Sleepy, Dopey, Doc, Bashful, and uh, Sneezy. Yep, I guess that's right. Good job. Thank you. Good job. You know, the neat thing about a dwarf is they never try to be on top. They always go under. Have you ever noticed that? They dig holes in the ground and hills and... And uh, especially going from Lord of the Rings, they That's always were, were in mountains. And even these guys were happy, and they weren't trying to push themselves on top of other people. Do you, did you ever, as a kid, play King of the Hill? Oh, sure. Yeah, on someone's lawn or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was wonderful in wintertime when you had this big snow mound. Oh, my gosh. And, and you tried to be the king on the hill, and... and, and, and uh, Oh, you try. But the goal of the King of the Hill, of course, is what? In case some people out there to, didn't play. To drag everyone else off the hill so mm-hmm. that you could be at the top of the hill. I don't remember playing in winter, but I remember beautiful uh, summer nights uh-huh. playing King of the Hill. And so the, the, the object is to be the top of it. And, mm-hmm. and to get to the top, you have to? You have to pull everyone else down be- mm-hmm. to the ground or below you. It's really quite an image, isn't it, of our world? Mm. I can think of many throughout history where that's exactly how they lived. Uh, the one that uh, strikes me uh, uh, was Nero, who was uh, uh, the, the Rome uh, emperor uh, yes. uh, at the time of Paul's beheading. Uh, he had killed several people to get to the throne, and he killed some, his brother and others, and, and a couple of his wives even, mm. just to maintain his throne. He had to stay on top. King of the hill. Yeah. Yeah. There's several in history, too, uh, um, in English history and such. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was Wicked King John, who did all kinds of bad stuff, um, um, killed couple of his brothers and then there was queen isabella who uh was in the queen 1200s isabella i'm yeah. not familiar with her hmm. oh there's a book about her on bard yeah uh, that that goes into her whole story what years did you say she was she was around the year i think she was born around the year 1292 ah okay and, i don't know my early english history ah uh, but she was ruthless in the same way yes she ended uh, up having her husband assassinated uh, yeah 
Yeah, history's scattered, and we probably, uh, when we won't name names on this podcast, no. of even people in the last century who've done that to get to the top. And really, you can find it not just in politics and government, but you can find it on the job site, uh, in Hollywood, and anywhere. You can even find it in supposedly fun online games. It's the way of the world, isn't it? Yes, it is. To be to the top, you step on others, and you are victorious. Today, we start reading at uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Before you go to verse 1, though, we have to set the stage. If you'll go back to chapter 3... Making me work. I think it's verse 15 and 16. My place already set. I know. Verses what? 15 and 16? Yep. Sure. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you find disorder and every evil practice these are the words that james used earlier now what he's really doing he he sidetracked not he didn't sidetrack himself but then he went into the wisdom that's from heaven mm-hmm. we talked about that now he's actually moving back again to an earthly the worldly with chapter 4 verse 1 So go ahead. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. And all of that is the the setting of the kings in the world, always striving to be at the top, the king of the hill. Mm -hmm. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. In a way, James is saying, but I'm a Christian, you'll say to me, Well, you're bringing the worldly into the godly. It doesn't work that way, that you mingle the worldly and the godly. Hmm. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or... Do you think the scriptures says without reasons that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
and I'm going to stop you there because that last little phrase is really kind of the the, the theme that we're going to find for all these verses, and it's going to be repeated. Can you say it again? Sure. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's verse 6. Proud and humble. God doesn't like the proud. He loves the humble. He gives grace to the humble. In fact, what's king of the hill? I'm number one. Mm -hmm. It's the pride. I will be on top. God resists that. It's when we are humble that God smiles. Okay, go on. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve and mourn and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. And here we have that theme, just the last little bit is repeated. Humble yourself before the Lord. He will exalt you. I'd like you to now go back once again. How do we humble ourselves? James is actually describing it. Uh, to which verse? Seven, verse seven. And again, this is showing, think, I humble myself before the Lord, and now hear these verses. Submit yourselves, then, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. I just love that. Come near to God. He'll come mm. near to you. That's something God always says. It's not he who went away. It's we. And so we need to come back near to him. I'm sorry. Go on. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. To wash your hands, we need to acknowledge we're dirty and we need to be cleaned. Again, that's part of the humility. Mm. Grieve and mourn and wail. Change your laughter to mourning. And your joy to gloom. Now, surely, Pastor Dave, that doesn't mean be gloomy and and serious and somber all the time. That means when we recognize, I mean, to to as we go to God, acknowledging our sins and such. Hmm. Well, you've hit on this. It. Uh, I I read in one spot. It could either be a prediction of sorrow or a prescription of seriousness. It's a bit of both, in fact, but it acknowledges our humbleness before God. We don't have reason to boast and brag and be joyful, not with our sins before the Lord. And so in some ways, it's a prescription that we need to humble ourselves, acknowledging the joy comes later. Joy comes later. Let's, Let's go on. Humble yourselves, before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. And who's a judge but the one who sits on top of the hill saying, you do this, you do that, you're wrong. It's the king or the judge on top of the hill. 
And uh, that's there we why go, putting ourselves too high again. That's right. Instead, we humble ourselves. There is only one lawgiver and one judge. <laughs> the one who is able to save and destroy. Interesting contrast. And it's Jesus who sits on top of the hill, who can save and who can destroy. He saves by his cross. He destroys those who will not believe in him. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Hmm. Interesting uh, ending right there at verse 12. Really makes you think. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. in here that really troubles me. Oh? Um, What's that? It's verse 3. May I read it again? Oh, please. Yeah. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on pleasures. Uh, I'm... All right. Mm -hmm. It it says, okay, you spend on pleasures. Mm Mm-hmm. That, to me, makes me feel very guilty. Why is that? Because I like... All right, I admit it. I like to spend on pleasures. I like going on eBay and mm-hmm. and Amazon. And, you know, one thing I like to do is I like to find the toys that I had when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was really little. And yeah. I threw them all away or gave them away or whatever. And now it's fun to find them and have them in the house to be able to enjoy them as an adult. Or... Well, that isn't per se wrong. I mean, God did give gifts to us, even as we read and and talked about last week, I think it was, in uh, uh, chapter 1. 117, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Right. And so, um, and these things do give pleasure. What about the cake that uh, we buy at the grocery store that doesn't exactly put much nutrition into our diet. Well, that's a whole different subject I'm not going to touch right now. <laughs> Pleasures, though, are in a, in a category or in... in, in uh, why are you asking this question? There's more behind it uh, than that. For me? Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I like a lot of disabled people. I'm on unlimited income and... Right. I am too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, well, maybe I should be giving this money uh, to God instead. You know, there are times when I 
I say I can't afford to give much to God, and then I but I find money to do something on eBay or ah. Amazon or whatever. And, and feel guilty about uh, the pleasure. Well, do you give to God? Well, well, yes, but but I'm confused. Mm-hmm. There's giving and tithing, and they're the same thing, aren't they? No, actually, they're not. Tithing goes back to the Old Testament. Give ten percent of what you have, whether it's ten bucks, ten thousand, or a hundred thousand. Ten percent goes to the Lord. Period. End of story. Okay, let's see. How much do I make per month? <laughs> That's what a tithe is, 10%. Now, we live in the New Testament. There are some churches who still emphasize the tithe and encourage people to tithe. But we are in the New Testament. We're not held by Old Testament laws in that way. Jesus fulfilled the laws for us. He gave the perfect gift, his very life on the cross, to take away our sins. And so we as New Testament people, we talk more about gift and giving. And and here's the thing, and, and this might be where you're squirming in possibly, is is how much do you give in this gift? Well, uh, uh, do I have to answer that? Uh, no, not per se, no. Um, let's just go over some of the general high points of what giving and gifts is, and then you decide for yourself. And that's really where it has to end up to be. As a pastor, I learned very quickly in a church, I can't dictate. And that's what some pastors try to do. You need to give more. You need to give more. And that's why they push the 10%. Mm -hmm. um, giving first has to come from the heart. Has to come from the heart out of a thankfulness, not a begrudging obligation. Ah. Now, sometimes we do give out of obligation simply because we need to learn to, especially when I remember uh, telling my kids, yeah, you got an allowance, you should give some to God. Well, I don't want to do I only got a little. Well, and I had to teach them to give a portion to, to Jesus. So at first it starts with obligation, but really it's meant to be out of the heart. Second it is really, and this is where the New Testament talks about giving from the first fruits, and that you just sit down and say, Lord, here's what, how much I'm going to give, and you give it right away so that he's not left getting, well, do you got enough this month? No, I don't have enough, Lord, so I can't give you any because I'm run out this month. Mm. And you may have run out because you spent some... Something on eBay. Yeah, but sometimes it is you spend nothing on eBay and you ran out. And see, so there is a, a variance there. But so... it, it is to be the first fruits, which means you got to sit down and say... I'm going to give this percentage or this amount and give it right away. So I need to look at the bills that I have mm -hmm. and, and well, the budget that I have. Mm -hmm. I hate the word budget. Mm -hmm. um, I always joke and say budget is a four-letter word. <laughs> it's not. But uh, I need to look at, at what I have. Right. and But what if... I don't really even have enough to pay the bills or something. I mean, then do I give to God anyway? What? How do I make sure that I can live? All right, I'll toss that right back. Do you have any to buy on eBay at that point then? Okay, let's assume that I don't for a minute. Let's that you don't what? That I don't have enough to buy anything on eBay. Okay. That, that I have enough to buy food, but not a lot of extra pleasure mm -hmm, stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. And that the bills and rent and whatever are just, you know, I have just enough to get by. 
here's where it really needs to be you and the Lord deciding how much of this you can give. Mm-hmm. And it might be, and I know that this has happened, Lord, I just don't have that much. I see that my food, I'm budgeting, uh, it's, I'm going to arbitrarily, so let's just say 10 bucks a, a week. Mm-hmm. It's probably not that, but <laughs> no. Lord, because... I don't have much to give. I will sacrifice two meals. Thursday night and Friday night are yours. And so that instead of eating, then you fast and you pray. And those two meals of that budget goes to the Lord. And so you can find a way to give him something. It's sacrificial, but it's giving to him something. And he understands what you're doing and why you're doing it. Like the story of the widow who, exactly. who gave just two pennies or, or the equivalent exactly. of that. Exactly. She gave out of what what she had, even Which though was she didn't have nothing. much. That's right. That's right. And so whether you give $10,000 or 10 cents, it's still... And this is what comes back then to the James verse, and probably why your conscience was pricked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not going to uh, make you too nervous here on the podcast, but okay. but it did seem to bother you a little bit, uh, is, is about uh, um, spending on one's pleasure. Mm-hmm. If one does sit down and say, this is what I'm giving to the Lord, and it's a fair amount, and it's the first fruits, that when, when you do spend on your own pleasures one does not have to feel guilty because you're giving to the Lord first. Hmm. If you're not doing that, though, that's probably why the conscience is pricked a bit. Yeah, you're right. And again, people, this is not faked. This is really a a thing that was going on inside me. But, you know, despite the uh, guilty conscience, I feel a little better now Mm -hmm. because I know I have a better understanding of what God asks of me as a Christian and uh, what he expects. And I don't feel like uh, pleasures are a forbidden thing. Uh, Yet I understand giving to God and the burden is not nearly as heavy a burden to carry now. The comforting thing too is uh, Jesus says, take my burden upon you. I will take your burden. From Matthew 11. Mm-hmm. Um, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my burden upon you. It's light and easy. And that burden that Jesus gives us is trust in him. Which does mean, as you're talking about, it's a thing between you and the Lord that you talk about. And it just doesn't happen. But you do together. So, what do you think so far of uh, this uh, Bible study on the book of James? Uh, Well, we all know how I started out with this. Which is? Uh, Skeptical. Um, 
uncomfortable. Uh, um, and where are you now? I have learned a lot so far. Oh, and yeah. I have had yeah. to put into practice some of the things that I've learned. Ooh. Ooh. What? That, that's good. Put mm-hmm. into practice. I, I, I know for myself, this last segment talking about how we sometimes blur God things into earthly things, I sometimes I, I see myself doing that. Mm-hmm. That, uh, uh, yeah, God, I'm going to ask you, and here's what I want. But I, <laughs> I'm asking for the wrong motives, the wrong reasons. And if I ask in line with the godly things for his grace, his mercy, even as we asked, uh, mentioned last week of wisdom, uh, th- then the prayers flow better, my heart is better. I'll be honest, I thought James was going to be an easy book to do, and I'm finding it tough. Uh, yeah, it's, well, I thought, hey, five weeks and five chapters, well, at least it'll be a short <laughs> book, I thought. Well, we see how long we've we've been at it, and we've still got part of a chapter and a whole other chapter to go. One last thought is, as you've not noticed, listeners, uh, James, a lot of it, and I did not realize this, a lot of it is about prayer. Because even this last chapter, last week we talked about it, next week we're going to be talking about prayer as well. Um, That James is dealing a lot with prayer. It's a subject that we all know, and yet we don't know. Mm -hmm. We don't know. We love to hear from you, the listeners, about this topic, or if you have other concerns or issues as well. Yeah. Is there something we can pray for you about you can write to us at info, I-N-F-O, at not-alone.net. Until next time, we, we are, are not alone. I will lead you who are blind by the ways you have not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide you. I will turn the darkness into light before you and make the rough places smooth. (laughs) These are the things I will do. I will not forsake you. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. Love theme from The Godfather, performed by the City of Prague Philharmonic Orchestra, and Give Thanks by Don Moen.